y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, today's interview is with Adrian from the More Than Mom podcast. Adrian is a wife, mom, and like I said, a podcaster. She's currently in a season of chasing big dreams to encourage women with her story and her teaching. During our interview, we're kind of tackling a heavy topic. We're talking about how to love someone who struggles with mental illness. It's a hard thing to open up about, but I think Adrienne's vulnerability and rawness is going to be such a blessing to you. And I think and I hope you're going to walk away with some real, intentional ways to love people better. Let's dive in. today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yes. Okay. So here's the deal. You and I recorded an episode for your super great podcast, More for Mom, and we talked about mental health. It was like yes. your self-care series, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it was so good and people should go listen to it because you are oh, an incredible <laughs> interviewer and such a great podcaster. And so we went on this tangent in our conversation, <laughs> where we were talking about being in the hole. Mm-hmm. Being in the hole of anxiety, of depression, of mm-hmm. bipolar, of whatever. Pick your mm-hmm. mental health issue. Yeah. And feeling like nobody cares. And even mm-hmm. though it's not the reality that nobody cares, and we know that. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to remember, but we know that. Mm-hmm. I think this... The situation is that people don't always know what to do. Yep. And so we talked about this frustration that seems to come, like this message that seems to come with mental health advocacy of being like, ask for help. Here's a hotline. (laughs) Reach out. And like, Mm -hmm. yes, that's great. But like, we both really resonated with that. The reality is that sometimes I can't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can't ask for help. Sometimes I literally cannot yell out of the hole in hopes that a passerby will hear me yeah so i am really excited for us to kind of use our platform today to offer help and advice to people who don't struggle with mental health Mm -hmm. who have no idea what anxiety or depression feel like Mm -hmm. but they love somebody who does this is for the friends this is for the husbands this is for the co-workers of people Mm mm-hmm who loves someone who struggles with mental health. And this is a tool for people who do struggle with mental health to be like, mm-hmm. here, I need you to listen to this. Yeah. That's definitely. my hope. My hope is that, like, mm-hmm. somebody that's listening that struggles with anxiety can be like, copy link, <laughs> text yeah. message to, <laughs> group please message, husband, yes, mom, help. best friend, please listen to it. Like, that's the hope. This episode is practical and it's tangible. And, you know, that's my favorite. Yeah. So we're going to like right out the gate, like we're going to go for it. So we're going to talk about what not to do. 
Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Totally no pressure. Okay, so we want to preface this with there is a possibility that you are going to listen to this part of the podcast and feel like one of us is talking about you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because somebody has to have done or said these things, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're out the gate saying this is not us calling anybody out. This is 100% out of love because I fully believe that all most of these things have been said mm-hmm. out of just not knowing what to say and we want to give you better tools and we and we want to tell you what not to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you go first. What are some things that people have done when or said when you've been struggling that have not been helpful? Um I think the main thing has been some variation of not believing me. Oh. Um, and that's been hard. So, yeah. um, so I've struggled with anxiety um, and a little bit of depression for, I'm realizing now that I've been going to counseling for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I had my first little Lucy um, that it all came hitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, I remember my postpartum anxiety was through the roof. I was too anxious to leave my house. Mm-hmm. I was, and we lived in a basement apartment <laughs> and she was born in winter. And so it was dark and cold. <laughs> yeah. And so like, that's enough reason to not leave the house. And then let's add PPA on top. Yeah. So basically I was in an actual hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you took this like a little bit further. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember, I re- everyone talks about the baby blues mm-hmm. and that that's a little thing and like it, it happens, but it's fine. You'll get over it. And I remember sharing with um, family that like, I don't, something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's got, it's got to be something else. And well, maybe it is like, it could be, but like, it probably isn't like, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. It's not likely going to be that like, just just wait it out and it'll go away. Mm-hmm. And okay. And then having the conversations again and having other conversations and that being the thing that people tell me. And so then I get to the point where I'm like, is this all in my head? Mm-hmm. Like, am I just making it up? Am I actually like, just go outside. It's fine. Like, yeah. just go out your door and go to the backyard. It's get okay. up and do something. And then I'd get ready to do it and the panic would hit mm-hmm. and I would start getting so anxious and shaky and just freak out and I couldn't do it and so I just kind of ignored it for the longest time Mm. and then got pregnant again (laughs) um when Lucy was seven months and so I kind (gasps) of just realize you were that yours were that close together oh yeah they're 16 months apart (laughs) (laughs) so I kind of just swept it under the rug and just tried to cope as well as I could I did reach out to a couple of friends who were awesome and who listened and they were like I don't understand at all but I'll just sit here and listen and mm-hmm. I'll give you a hug mm-hmm. and they like gave me a little care package and just wrote me a little note saying that they're supporting me and that they love me and all this kind of stuff and so that was nice um and then I got pregnant again and pregnancy hormones came through and I was fine I was mm. like oh. I was still like somewhat anxious but not nearly as bad and everything seemed okay and then Pen- Penelope was born and 
it all came right back Mm -hmm. except this time the depression came as well and I just felt it's fun little friend yeah we had moved and we are no longer living in a hole but I felt like I was back in that hole Mm. and it was hard because for me it came out in anger Mm, and I nap every little thing like mm-hmm. Penelope would want her bottle and I wouldn't be getting it fast enough and she'd start screaming and crying and I would lose my actual crap mm-hmm. and then I would feel so guilty mm-hmm. being like I just yelled like a crazy person to a two-month-old mm-hmm. what is wrong with me and, and that is that's PPA exactly yeah. and I didn't I didn't know exactly what was wrong and what was happening but I remembered from Lucy that something isn't right Mm -hmm. and so um my husband Jesse is absolutely amazing he's a wonderful human being and (laughs) he had said that when we found out that I was pregnant he was like you know what we are gonna plan for you to go talk to someone when this baby is like four months old no matter what If you're feeling great, that's fine. Go talk about how wonderful it is to be a mom. But if you're not feeling good, then you can go and do it. Because I remembered I wanted to talk to someone when I had Lucy, but I was too scared because I felt that someone wouldn't believe me. Mm -hmm. Or I was like, they're going to think, I'm going to (laughs) cry. They're going to think that I'm a horrible mother and they're going to take my baby away from me. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't bear that. I like... I knew that I was okay, but there was just something wrong. And I knew deep down, I was like, that's not what's going to happen. Like, they're going to give you help. But I was so scared. The enemy had me in such a deep place that he made me think that if I opened my mouth and asked for help, that very, like, they would take her. Mm -hmm. Or worse, like, people, not worse, but people wouldn't believe me because Mm -hmm. I'd experienced that already. And so I just didn't really say anything and so I didn't go and get help and then so with Penelope I ended up going to see a counselor my husband helped me book the appointment because every time I went to do it I couldn't do it Mm -hmm. I that same feeling would come back and I'd be in a panic being like I can't I can't tell this to someone and so um he helped me figure out a way to book the appointment and I went and I talked to the lady and I've been seeing her ever since and it has been since I think October and a lot of stuff has been coming to light, which has been amazing. Um, but the hard part also with that is I told my family doctor that I was going to be going to talk to someone. And his response was, what? Why? We don't need that. Like, what? We don't need that. Okay. And he was like, well, don't do any meds or anything because we're not there. And I was like, Okay. All right. And then I left just feeling completely defeated again, being like, how come every time I tell someone that something is wrong, no one believes me or some people do and they just don't know what to do for me. And that's fair. Right. Absolutely. But the majority of the time I'm getting, "Mm, no, it's probably something else or it's not that or we aren't there yet or it's because you're so nice. I bet. Like, Pardon? nobody has ever, I think it's because you're so nice. Like, nobody has ever had the balls to come at me, like, I don't believe you that you have anxiety. Because I'm, like, not, like, the like I'm not super, like, I'm not as nice as you are. Like, uh, that's this funny, because I definitely the... don't see myself as a sweet oh, person. <laughs> you're so kind. You're, like, one of my favorite, like, you're so kind. And, like, I'm not saying that you don't have a backbone. I'm not saying you can't stand up for yourself. No, no, no. That's... But I think that that is probably something that a lot of, like, 
a lot of people have encountered. Just the point blank, I don't feel believed. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of, like, the forms that that comes in. Because I don't think that it's always, I don't believe you. I don't know if people are, like, that bold. Right. But, like, I would think, like, it comes in the form of, like, are you sure? Have you tried yeah. this? Like, they maybe, know, like, maybe it's actually this instead. Maybe it's this instead. Yeah. Or just straight up, like, you don't need meds. Well, yeah. maybe I do. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, and it's funny, like, my experience is more on the side of, I wish you would have told me that you were struggling. Mm. I wish you would have let me help you um and that's kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning of like Mm -hmm. so my I don't know what how your like anxiety and depression manifests mine is shutting down I shut down Mm -hmm. pretty and I think that a lot of people do like Mm -hmm. if I can get away with turning my phone off my phone is going off like I want to lay down and just let my kids crawl all over me and keep hitting like next episode on Netflix Uh and like like throw goldfish at open mouths like that kind of thing like I'm just like functioning barely just surviving at surviving it's it's surviving and um when I do or have gone dark I have a, a lot of friends who are very graceful in that and are like you know, check in or, you know, whatever. But there are the occasional, like, I I wish you would have let me in. And my answer to that in all of the love and all of the grace is, like, I couldn't. And I know that people don't get that. (laughs) Right, exactly. I wish I would have. And a lot of time that is what I say. I wish I would have, too. I right. wish I could have, you know. But and I, I think it's important to say that second part of, but I couldn't. Right. And because... and I, I don't know how to, like, materialize that for people who don't struggle yeah. with this. Because I genuinely don't know if it's possible for you to understand. And I don't, I hate, like, one of my least favorite things is when people are like, you just wouldn't understand. Well, like, why don't you let me try? That's yeah. not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, like. There's literally parts of my brain that don't work correctly. My Mm -hmm. body doesn't make enough serotonin, which is, like, the Mm -hmm. happy chemical. I have to take medicine to replace it, you know? So, like, I don't know that it's possible to, like, let people understand that, but it's Mm -hmm. literally like living in a cloud. Well, so I had a couple weeks ago... um... I was sitting in church and I had a panic attack and it had manifested in a very different way than I'm ever used to. Normally I have the hyperventilating, the tears, like the shaking, all of that. And a couple Sundays ago I was sitting and my entire body was paralyzed Mm. and I could not move. And so we're sitting and we're worshiping and I was anxious and everything like I was like, okay, God, I'm just going to pray through this because like, I don't know what's going on. And I was able to get through worship. And then the pastor said, okay, everybody sit down. And then he was going to start his message and my body locked. Mm. I don't even think I was blinking because my eyes were just getting so cloudy with the tears. I couldn't blink them away. 
And all I could do was say just in my head, just get up and leave the service. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. You know, move your leg. Why aren't you moving, Adrian? Like, what? Come on. And it took me. And then all of a sudden, I just started being like, okay, God, help me. Help me. Mm-hmm. Jesus, help me. Help me. And that's all I could form in my brain because I was in such a panic state. And eventually, I got up and I left. And then I had family and friends be like, are you okay? Like, what happened? I don't know. Mm. What? Like, what? what can I do for you? I don't know. Yeah. And that I find that's the other hard part is because I I would love to let you in. Mm. And it's not so much of a oh well you just wouldn't understand. I don't understand. I can't quite figure out how to explain it to myself. So I definitely can't explain it to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I don't I I can't put like hands and feet to this. So yeah. I don't know how it, to do that for you, but I get yeah. that. I get mm-hmm. that. And it's, it really is. And I, I think like on the flip side, like I, I can't imagine how hard that is on the other side. Like I can't imagine how hard it is to not understand and to want to help and to want mm-hmm. to love someone well, but they can't verbalize how to mm-hmm. do that. Like I want to acknowledge that I know that that is hard. Like, mm-hmm. My husband and I have been together for eight years now, and now, like, he's a pro. Like, when a panic attack comes on or when I get depressed, he is a pro. But he wasn't Mm -hmm. in the beginning. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to say. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think that, like, we're not going to have all of the answers here either. I think that you're going to have to do some of your own research. But then also, like, a really good thing to do is when they are okay, ask Mm -hmm. your people. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, ask your people when, like, on a good day, hey, so, like, the next time you have a panic attack, like, what are some of the things that help you? Yeah. Because, like, when I am clear-headed, I know that, like, drinking cold water helps. I know that laying down on a cold surface helps. I know that someone reminding me to breathe helps. You know, like, and those are me. Like, those are very specific to me, and your person's may be you know, they may be totally different. Drinking water may well, be horrible for them, you know? That's the thing. You can have, a fr- like, you can be a friend to five people who all suffer with anxiety. They're not going to be the same things that help them. Yep. When you say, what can I do to help? It's not a blanket statement that this is what helps all people who suffer from anxiety. Exactly. It's going to look very different person to person, mm-hmm. which I then feel even more for the people who are friends and and family to us because that's not helpful no right and like and we know that yeah like we we wish that we could just take this entire thing away from all of us yeah but it's part of our lives and so we need to figure out a way to work with it and Mm -hmm. deal with it but while we're doing that we can't especially when we're in it we can't help you do that at the same time yeah Like, we're just trying to survive. Yeah, and I think that it's important for people to know that, like, we know that this doesn't make sense. Yeah. We know that anxiety doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense to us. Well, I don't, Mm -hmm. like, I'm having the best day and, like, why am I having a panic attack now? Why is my body revolting Mm -hmm. against me? And, like, Mm -hmm. another, like, a thing that I realized and kind of acknowledged the other day was, like, when I'm in not, like, a panic attack, but when I'm in a more anxious state, I apologize a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Man, I'm sorry. And, like, I genuinely just feel, like, out of control of my reactions. And, like, I just want to cover my bases and make sure I haven't, like, pissed anybody off. Like, yeah. like so those are the things that, like, I think people 
define in their heads, they define anxiety as the hyperventilating, the rocking back and forth, the crying. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't always look like that. Sometimes it yep. looks like overzealous apologies or it looks like your body, checking your out. Body being paralyzed. <laughs> your body being paralyzed. This episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast is sponsored by It's Time for Coffee Productions, the incredible producer behind the Crappy Christian Podcast, and many more. If you've ever thought about starting a podcast of your own and then been completely stumped on where to even start, first of all, welcome to the club. Second of all, I've said it time and time again, this podcast would not exist without Jeanette Tapley from It's Time for Coffee Productions. Her workflow and ethic on top of the quality she puts out every single episode is unparalleled. Not to mention she's just super fun to work with. So if you want to take the next step into entering the podcast host world, jump over to itstimeforcoffeepod.com and tell Jeanette you came from the Crappy Christian Podcast for the free editing of one episode when you sign up, which is a $100 value. Now back to the show. like go back and forth on this just talking about like things that are helpful Mm -hmm. and I know for me like if you haven't heard from me in a minute checking on me Mm -hmm. yes that is a really incredible tangible way to love me in my stuff I think Mm -hmm. that like I know that we're busy I know that our lives are nuts I know that we have our own stuff going on and I am not talking about this from a place of like expertise but Like, use the reminder app in your phone. Like, set Mm -hmm. it on your calendar that, like, once every couple of weeks, if you haven't heard from... And don't, like, not just your anxiety friends. Like, that should be, like, across the board. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, like we said at the beginning, this idea of, like, reach out, ask for help. Like, I would... If I was a betting girl, I would say nine times out of ten, they just can't. Yeah. Like, check on your people. Like, when all of that... Like, when Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain and all of that happened, people, I've saw multiple people posting, like, check on your strong friends. Yeah. And I loved that. Because, like, your strong friends probably struggle, too. But I think that that's, like, a really good one. Like, if you haven't heard from your friend in a while, like, just shoot him a text. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and they- because a lot of times, well, not a lot, but some of the times, and definitely in my case, I am a very high-functioning person mm-hmm. with anxiety. Me too. And so I will show you what I want to show you. Mm-hmm. And so I, and that is what Jesse had to remind me when my doctor said what he said. He's like, Adrian, when he sees you, he doesn't see, yep. you don't come in looking like you're super anxious or you're in a depressed state. Mm-hmm. You don't look like that. You mm-hmm. look fine. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you are, but he can only go off of what he sees. And so when you see friends who are like, they look great. They look like they've got it all together. Everything looks fine. They're standing over there laughing and joking. But you don't know if that laughing and joking is to cover, if I don't laugh and joke right now, I'm going to break down and cry and start shaking. So Mm. I better just laugh and have a good time because I also don't want to do that in front of all these people. Because, because then it's embarrassing. Exactly. <laughs> like I yeah. like I think people forget that like this is it's so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like it, I've it really is. <laughs> I've only had a few panic attacks like in front of people, and they still like 
go like even in the effort to destigmatize mental health and all of that, they still go down as some of the more mortifying moments of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I when I I my panic attack was in front of about four or five hundred people, but no one knew because right. of the way it came out. And then I went to my husband's office and Jesse saw me and then my friend Caitlin, she came and she saw me and um they both were like, are you okay? And like, what do you want me to get you? And like all this stuff. And all I could say is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When it really isn't my fault. Right. But all I could say in that moment was, I'm sorry. And then I'm so embarrassed. Because mm-hmm. it's such an awkward thing to do. And then to need, like to be vulnerable is one thing. But then to need people to help you mm-hmm. to that level. Mm-hmm. It just takes vulnerability to a whole whole different level a hundred percent what are what's like another way that's like a tangible way to help you i would say don't give up Mm. that's so good that is a really like because they want to reach out they want to and like if you send that text to check in on them and they're having a day where they're on the couch and they don't want to answer they don't want to see people they don't want to talk not getting a response should hopefully make you want to reach out more. Mm. And I'm not saying like text them every hour or text them every day or whatever, but like continue reaching out and continue because the, the feeling of being given up on (laughs) is probably one of the worst feelings in the world Mm -hmm. because you feel unloved. You feel not worthy. You feel like you're not enough and that you're not worth having people in your life. And that is exactly where the enemy wants mm-hmm. wants us. And when we're already in a state where we can't reach out and we can't do the things in a good relationship, that's your that's your time to step up and mm-hmm. do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I would just say don't don't give up on us. Mm-hmm. We're still we're still us, we're still around, just don't give up. And, like, I promise that we're beating ourselves up enough yeah, yeah. for both of us, you know, yeah, like. Exactly. Yeah. We that, see that text that we're not answering and putting our phone down and then being like, just just text them back. Just respond. And then, but I can't. What do I say? Yeah, exactly. Everything is terrible. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and yeah, no, I I super resonate with that one. And I don't want people to feel like people who don't struggle with mental illness to feel like we're putting everything in their court. Like we oh, know correct. that there is responsibility on our part and, 100%. you know, we are responsible for taking care of ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, putting things in our body that help us function better. And we're responsible for like figuring out how to be a good friend, even when things are hard. And yeah. It does not all land in the friend who doesn't have anxiety's lap because just because you don't have, like, a mental health struggle doesn't mean you don't struggle. Like, that, I hope that, like, that's not at all what people are hearing. It's just we're, like, just trying to help people understand and help them know what they can do. And so I don't want people to feel like we're, like, check on your people and don't give up on them. Don't be a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, like, that's not, like, because we know, like, we know that it would, it would make sense and it would be really easy to not check on us. 
-hmm. it would be really easy and it would make sense to like give up because this is real hard and yeah well and we're saying this also to ourselves Mm -hmm. like we also need to not give up on our friends regardless of if it's a mental health struggle that they're having or if it's they've lost a loved one and they're struggling with grief or whatever it is that's going on in their life we know that we also need to not give up on you Mm -hmm. or we know that we need to be able to be that good friend this is more for at least where I'm coming from and where you're coming from this is more for specifically when we're in it Mm -hmm. when we're in that hole because when we're out of that hole we can we it's fine but when we're in that hole that's where like we just need you to step up yeah and I think it's okay to say that like I think that like when I was saying that I was a little like oh is that too eight of me but like (laughs) no like we need we need you to like fill in the gap yeah where we're falling short um okay I'd also say prayer praying for us whether it Ooh, is you praying one. with us I'm such a such a crappy christian like, oh yeah <laughs> prayer <laughs> uh i mean don't get me wrong it's not always it's and by always it's like like 99.9 percent of the time not my first instinct and my go <laughs> which i realize it should be so yeah. we're crap together yeah um but i think prayers are powerful and i think in my faith, that it's one of one of my favorite things because mm-hmm. I've seen the power of prayer and mm-hmm. I've felt the power of prayer. Absolutely. And so whether you're actually with the person and you're praying with them or you're at home and God just puts them on your mind, if you get someone in your mind, yes, you pray for them. Completely and agree. you don't stop praying for them. And I'm speaking to myself here. You don't stop praying for them until God takes them out of your mind. Because you don't know what they're struggling with at home, what they're Mm -hmm. going through in that exact moment. Mm -hmm. When the enemy is coming in and they're hit, he's hitting them hard in those moments. You praying for them and doing that spiritual warfare at your house is going to make a complete difference in that situation. And so, like, and I think that the Holy Spirit is so intentional about putting people in our minds, and we pass it off as subconscious thoughts. And I feel like the Holy Spirit's like. Oh come on, bro! Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm can you totally help me out? I'm, I'm handing this to you. Like, yeah, I yeah. am totally guilty of that yep, every time. So, yep. Oh my no, word. No, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, and like, I think again, like, if you don't know how to pray for somebody, like, because you don't understand, like, you just pray for them or pray mm-hmm. that you would understand more or mm-hmm. pray that we would that the like Lord would help us figure out how to communicate what we need, like. I've often, like, like you said, when I'm paying attention and somebody pops into my mind, a lot of time I'm like, God, I just love them. Mm -hmm. Help them know that I love them. Help, like, be with them where they're at right now. Like, that's really, like, that's that's huge. That's huge. I was, I was reading in Matthew, I forget what chapter and what verse, but Basically, he was doing, Jesus was doing signs and miracles and healing people. And the disciples were like, God, like, like, Jesus, we want to do that. Like, what? Like, what? And he's like, you could Mm -hmm. if you just believed. Mm -hmm. If you had enough faith and you actually believed, you could legitimately tell a mountain to move. Right. And it would do it. Right. But you don't actually believe. And so if we prayed with that kind of conviction we'd actually see that. Mm -hmm. And so when God puts that person on your mind, 
pray with that kind of conviction and the in that power because he's given you that you just need to actually exercise it mm-hmm. that is so good girlfriend preaching up in here <laughs> okay we're gonna do rapid fire questions awesome okay i can't um, believe that it hasn't come up yet oh mentioned it we at have all not talked about the enneagram i no you have you mentioned eight. Oh, i did i you, did dang I, it I'm surprised that I haven't, because I normally am like, I throw it in there. <laughs> yeah, if I can sneak it in, I can. What is your Enneagram type? I am an Enneagram 1, mm-hmm. and I'm not 100% sure yet, but I think, I'm like 90% sure that I have a 9 wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see a lot of 9 in you. What's yeah. Jesse? He's a 3. Oh, okay. Which- through and through like three wing three <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i love me some threes it's been fun yeah it's, it's been, we're, we're big go-getters <laughs> yes i was about to say y'all are gonna freaking conquer the world <laughs> yeah. together what is something that can always pull you out of a funk music yeah what kind of any music? kind of, any kind it just depends on the moment the so yeah like Today I woke up and I was in a bad mood mm-hmm. and I was like, I need some music. And so I went to put on your um, Spotify playlist, Mood Booster, actually. Yes. I went to put that on and 9 to 5 came on and oh, I was like, yes. nope, nope, not feeling it. No, nope, so this isn't it. <laughs> nope. And so then I put on, I created, a, I created a Spotify playlist called Mindful and I started playing that and it's just worship music. Mm. And it's all these songs that help me get centered and being mindful when I'm like in a funk and so I was like let's try this one and I put it on that mood lifted and I like conquered the day (laughs) yes yes you did um what is the last thing you watched on tv oh man Jesse makes fun of me for this (laughs) (laughs) I am currently watching I don't even know how to properly say it the uh big family cooking showdown I think it's called yeah 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 Um, the British one. It's yes. currently season two is on Canadian Netflix right now, and so I am currently watching through that. I any cooking competition. Yes, I do. I'm, I do I'm love the Great British Baking Show. Oh, I like that one too. Yeah. That's I think my favorite food like food competition show. It's one of like the only ones that I watch actually, but I love. It. Oh I man, do. because I'm so I'm a terrible baker, so I love watching other people be good at something I'm bad at. Same. I'm obsessed with watching cake videos, and yes. I'm like, I wish I could do that, and then I'm not And then you, like, try to make your kid's first birthday cake, and it's a literal disaster. <laughs> it is actually what happened. So, with yes. Lucy's second birthday, I was like, I'm going to make this cake, uh-huh. and it is going to look so good, uh-huh. and I didn't use the right icing, and Ooh. so everyone said that it looked good, but yeah. I'm like, but I wanted it to look great. Perfect. Like, hello, Enneagram One. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. A couple of times I've made the cake and then thrown it away and went and bought like a Rouse's, like a Walmart cake. Oh, no. Yeah, I feel you on that. Well, this was incredible. And I hope that people are walking away from our conversation feeling like they have some more tools in their tool belt to love people well. Mm -hmm. I hope the people who do struggle with mental health feel like they feel seen and they feel heard and they feel like this can help them communicate better. Um, so, yeah, tell people where they can find and follow you. Um, so I'm pretty much on Instagram. Um, 
And so if you go there, if you want to find me in any other places, you can find links to that. But um, if you go to Adrian Michelle underscore underscore, um, you'll find me. Is it me two on... underscores? Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. And yeah. we'll link to you in your show notes. So it'll be easy awesome. to find you. But yeah. um, thank you so much. This was so good. This was awesome. I mean, I could have chat with you for hours. So I this know. was thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. Today is nonstop. And suddenly, your checking account is overdrawn. But what if we gave you more time on that one? At Huntington, if you accidentally overdraw your account by $50 or less, we've put a $50 safety zone in place, so you won't be charged an overdraft fee. It's one more way we're looking out for you. So you can have time for what matters most. Huntington, welcome. $50 safety zone does not apply to returned items. Your account will be automatically closed if it remains negative for 60 days. Learn more at Huntington.com slash safety zone.